atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. This is the broadcast for September the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. And, man, we got a whole lot of stuff for you today. Riding shotgun on the show today, co-host and more, James Edwards, race, politics, and hypocrisy in the 21st century America. Yeah. The Political Cesspool Radio Program. Uh, he's the host thereof, and it appears every Wednesday night at the Political Cesspool. Or, uh, every Wednesday? Wow. Every Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday. Saturday. Saturday night. Uh, every Saturday evening. Thepoliticalcesspool.org. And I'm telling you, it's an award-winning weekly broadcast that breaks it down like nobody's business. Welcome, James. James, great to be back with you. How are you? And Kirk. Besides my Wednesday Freudian slip, what is it, Kurt? Wednesday? Maybe that's why I'm confused. All right, today is Wednesday. That's right. His broadcast airs Saturday, so in a couple of days it'll come up, and it'll be hard-hitting, it'll be award-winning, and it'll be available for you at thepoliticalcesspool.org. <laughs> there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now listen to this. I want to talk about two stories with, uh, well, a bunch of stories with James and crew. Um, I guess Fed's snoo- or Sue Edward Snowden... Over new memoir. So he's got a new book out, James. And what I find fascinating is they don't sue to shut down his book. All right. They sue him to get the revenue from his book. So they don't want to stop the book from being distributed. They just want to get the cash, baby. What do you think of that? Uh, that's interesting. That's a new, uh, yeah, that's a new new twist on it, I guess. I haven't heard of that actually happen. I mean, typically you would sue because you're so offended or there's something actionable or libelous, slanderous about what the person is saying or writing, that you would want to stop it. But uh, in this case, you don't care too much so long as you're adequately compensated. That's what seems to be going on. I find that very weird. The next story is per prisoner cost at Guantanamo Bay, $13 million per year for each individual. $13 million a year per Guantanamo Bay prisoner, according to the New York Times. Now it turns out, there's a guy by the name of Gary Brown. He turned out to be a whistleblower. He was a legal advisor to the head of Guantanamo's military commissions before being fired. Now he's a whistleblower, and he's saying, hey, man, there's gross mismanagement there. And he's got a big complaint calling out financial waste at Guantanamo. What do you say to that one? Yeah, now this is a, you, you find some great nuggets for this show. i tell you what, you and Kurt are a research team par excellence. There is some gross inflation, I think, in some of our industries here in America, whether it be the government uh, or uh, even you know healthcare. I can remember taking my son who had busted his lip, and we just took him into the uh, to the uh, to the ER to see if uh, he needed stitches. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Probably could have just slid past it. They took him back to the triage, in and out, less than you know thirty minutes, all in. And uh, the nurse came in and looked at his lip and said, you know, you could put a stitch in there, but he probably doesn't need it. It's really your call. So we said, okay, well, thank you, and, and we left. Not even so much as a Band-Aid. We got a bill for over $1,000. So I guess if you extrapolate that, it equals $13 billion to house a 
a Gitmo prisoner. There you go. I'm going to have to come uh, talk to you about health care because i got a lot of research done on that that's going to just fix your world in regards to that the problem that you're facing there, James. Another topic, but I find that fascinating. I, I need a little shepherding there. Amen to that. I'll, I'll be glad to help, though. Christians helping Christians. How do you like that? Next story, they say Saudi Arabia promises concrete proof that Iran's behind the oil attack. Now, do you trust the Saudi Arabians for proof on that? Look, 14 out of the 19 hijackers at 9-11 came from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is the country that allowed that other guy to be killed in their consulate. No direct answers. Now, they're going to go ahead and promise to give you the answers that and the proof that Iran was behind the oil attack there, buddy. Well, I mean, and of course, the reason this region is always, uh, always has been a powder keg and always will be a powder keg is because of those natural resources that everybody wants to get their, their grubby little hands on. But it's, uh, it's interesting. And of course, it'll be that way until Christ returns. But it, it's interesting that now that Bolton's out, it looks like uh, the, the drum beats for war with, uh, one of those Middle Eastern nations, presumably Iran, is, is moving forward uh, at, at, at even the faster speed that you thought that perhaps with him gone, being the hawk that he was, the neocon, that it would be better. But uh, Yeah, it makes you wonder who's who for real, huh? That's right. All right, med school. Now, you need to go to med school. That's your problem. If you've got problems with health care, med school is your answer, buddy. Look, if you go to med school, Car- Cornell says if you qualify for financial aid, they'll pay for the whole thing, buddy. Med school is on us, says Cornell University. They'll cover all costs for anyone that qualifies for, quote, financial aid, James. You're in, buddy. Man, I, you, you're right. I might need to take a look. Uh, I'm approaching 40. Maybe it's time for a midlife crisis and a new career path. Maybe. Dr. Edwards has a good ring to it, especially if it's free. See, that's what I'm talking about. I just, I mean, these stories are just off the charts. Now, I guess there's a suit over shooting death of Lavoie Finnegan. And sadly, Kurt, it got dismissed. Brief us on the details, then we'll talk about it, sir. Well, um, what you've got here, um, you know, like... uh, uh, if you're not familiar with Lavoy Finnicum, he was one of the ones with the, uh, uh, they called it a, uh, what was it, uh, some kind of a hold on this uh, uh, Malheur uh, Wildlife Refuge up in Oregon. Uh, that's what they, um, they said it was, uh, what, what was the phrase they used in the media, Sam? But the bottom line is he was one of the occupiers, I guess you'd say, there uh, with our uh, buddy Ammon Bundy and others. Uh, and then he was uh, killed, uh, in my opinion, by the FBI in a, uh, uh, yeah, in a uh, an attack. And basically now the judge, uh, you know, in the case has said, hey, um, you can't go forward with this. Uh, you know, and that's so many times how we see it. We we talk, and this is an AP piece, uh, but um, you know what you've got so many times is the uh, folks like Hillary Clinton and so many others. Uh, and there you go, scot free, and the rest of us that have, uh, I believe, the Finnicums have a legitimate uh, right of uh, you know uh, grievances. They just get thrown out of the courts you know don't you think there you have it the the bottom line is it reminds me of the um randy weaver case in idaho look lon horiuchi was the government sniper that literally murdered vicky weaver with a baby in her arms she was not armed she had a baby in her arms they literally murdered her 
And there was no accountability for uh, the government. There was no accountability for Lon Horiuchi or any of those. And, and so we just see the same pattern over and over and over. And the bottom line is, James, you just can't get a redress of grievance in the courts. You can't have accountability at all anymore. The government is above yeah. the people, and it's evident everywhere. Yeah, you're telling me, and as uh, the, you know, as we defend from a first world nation that abides by a rule of law and a certain set of standards that are supposed to be applicable to everyone, regardless of uh, race, regardless of uh, economic status, et cetera, we're descending into more of uh, really a third world law of the jungle type of thing where uh, might makes right and The judges have it. The the institutions have it. We don't. I mean, the case. It was real honor to be on with y'all a few weeks ago at the uh, the the anniversary of of Ruby Ridge, and we we talked about that. Randy Weaver, and then of course Tenecum. I mean, you you have these situations that are just so sad, and of course my incident, you know, in the court spells in comparison to those life and death instances for sure. But uh, but you're you're right that it's. There is no redress of grievances that we have now in our media or in our judicial system. You know, and in this case, uh, the Oregon public broadcasting, which means government broadcasting, uh, they reported about it. They say this civil suit, and, you know, this is probably a bunch of legalese in here where, you know, you got to figure all that out. Now, I don't know why it went civil, though. That, that, you know, makes it to where the bar has to be a lot higher for any prosecution. Is that right? Criminal uh, suits are easier to get convictions and accountability okay. on. And I don't know why it's not criminal when the government literally murders a man murders a man that was not a threat. Look, they had isolated him. They had stopped him in a remote area. Uh, it was a, a, basically a trap. They knew full well. They had the environment completely locked down. He was miles from anywhere. There's nowhere he could go. Um, you know, the officials could have basically made sure that he was out. Of, they were out of shooting range from him. He was no threat to them, Kurt, but they literally murdered the guy. Well, and and this thing uh, basically is, uh, like you say, it's a civil suit, so maybe there's still a criminal one going on. I mean, it's so tough to keep track of that with this speedy trial that we're guaranteed by the Constitution that takes When you did know, the poor guy die, Kurt, almost three years ago now? Uh, I, yeah, they say it was uh, 2016. Uh, well, that would be four, three, three years, years ago. But I don't know, depending uh, on the date, and, it might be, you know, almost or what. I they, don't know. Yeah, they, know? they say this was filed by Ryan Payne, Shauna Cox, and others who were associated with this uh, yeah. occupation. That was the word that they used. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, uh, and they it says in the AP story, they claimed that FBI agents. You know what they call it when the unions organs, do it, Kurt, when their favorite partners that have special privilege at the government They trial. call it a city. That's right. So this was a, what was this thing? Fantastic, guys. Yes, they do. What was this thing called? An occupation? Why didn't they just call it a sit-in, though, Kurt? Yeah, good point. Uh, or, or you know, they were just expressing their rights, like those guys in uh, St. Louis that burned cop cars or whatever. Uh, you know, they were just pushing off a little steam. Um, but in this uh, AP story, they said they that these guys claimed that FBI agents, Oregon State Police, and other officials violated their civil rights by using excessive force and ambushing them on the day Finnicum was shot. And Amen. Killed. Is that true? Excessive force. They literally forced them to stop. They literally trapped them. Uh, anyway, all to, and all LaVoy Finnegan did when they tried to stop him is he rolled down his window and he said, I'm driving to go see the sheriff. I'm driving to go see the sheriff. No, you're not. We're going to kill you and stop you. Wow. And just got dismissed. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com. Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-E-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh? Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Co-Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities, and it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org, breaking it down just for you on your radio. All right, man, this stuff just gets weirder by the second. You know, they're working on dictionaries. You know, dictionaries have to update all the time. Now they got what are called these non-binary pronouns, ladies and gentlemen. You got things like they and themselves. Now, uh, singularly defined. There's kind of new definitions for that and stuff like that. So if you uh, don't want to be a he or a she or a male or a female or a man or a woman or any of those kind of things, you can just be these non-binary kind of genders and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's very weird when they refer to they as the singular. But there's examples of it and everything else that they're using and stuff like that, James. But I got a question for you. Because, you know, this is Liberty Roundtable Live, which is one of the greatest think tanks on the planet, right? As a result of that, and it's not just because I'm in it. It's because Kurt's in it, I'm in it, you're in it, and all the other guests that we have on a continual basis. And even those we invite to the show on an occasional basis. So the think tank is not just me. It's all of us. I just happen to be, uh, you know, involved in the mix. Uh, nevertheless, um, the think tank goes like this right now, from my perspective, James. If they can have, you know, male and female on government forms everywhere, and then they can expand it now, and they got male and female and other, and now they got like 47, I don't know how many pronouns or genders or whatever we're talking about these days that you can, quote, self-identify with, right? Right. Yeah. Um, what if I become a gender? Genders now, Sam. What if I become a gender objector? You have your. Oh, could you be genderless? I, I, no, I'm not genderless. I'm just a gender objector. I don't even want to discuss this with you. I don't want to write it down. I don't want to disclose it. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to be an objector. Well, the whole clown show thing comes down. I mean, obviously, 
they quit pretending, and it is a big pretend. I mean, everybody taking pretending to take this seriously. There are two genders, and that's it. And I mean, I mean the fact that we have to spend time on a nationally syndicated radio broadcast reiterating that fact shows to the extent that America has has absolutely fallen. But on most things, though, on most things that requires a modicum of security, you don't get to pick one of the 47 genders. You pick male or female. If you buy an airplane ticket, it, it doesn't give you other. It's male or female because they have to, you know, they're going to try to make sure that you are who you are and, you, you know, all of this stuff. But, it gets, it, you know, it does get confusing with the they and them. That's your pronoun of choice. I mean, what is that? It's sort of like when kings or popes would use we, the royal we, we as, as you know, when referring to uh, themselves. It's... Um, it's a confusing thing to keep up with all this, and it's just like the LGBT community adds another consonant to their acronym, you know, uh, every month. It's uh, it's it's ever changing. James, do you think they'll be changing things on the airplanes? I mean, they had the uh, re- recent story where this one lady had a uh, comfort horse ride with her. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it just seems like everything's topsy turvy, just crazy everywhere. Well, I, I, I guess if trends persist, Kurt, anything goes. I mean, for now at least, when it comes down to, yeah, I mean, you can pretend to be a different gender and go into the Target bathroom. I mean, that's dangerous enough with regard to child, you know, predators and 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 and, and so on and so forth. But I don't see on any official, on the most official things you would need. To right now, you don't. You might soon, than, though, my friend, and that's the, kind of the point of this discussion, James. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure that'll change, too, as we continue to uh, decay. Kevin, Utah wants to chime in. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Uh, I have a question for you, Steve. Hey, first off, I just want to know, are you a gender objector? Are you uh, you got to just lay this out here now. Hmm. I don't know what gender I'm at. I'm confused. <laughs> that's a that's that's one you can choose you can choose confused i think is one of them that'd be uh, pretty good you know at least you'd admit yeah. the truth that way all right uh you can be male female or confused that's what they ought to do good point kevin what do you got sir uh i was watching the video last night on youtube about the boy finicum uh because i actually met clive and bundy in person last week very good guy I don't understand why LaVoy Vinicum didn't carry his gun when he went out of his truck and tried to shoot back at the police. He had every right to. Well, first off, he didn't carry his gun. They claim he had a gun, but we don't even have proof that he had a gun. We never saw it. It wasn't in the video. They act like he reached down for his gun. But even if he did, there's no threat to them. Uh, The the reality is he never produced a gun at all. They claim he had one, but I'm not even sure that's true. They might have planted it on him. I don't even know. All I know is this. There was no gun and no threat to those uh, government officials at all. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't understand why he didn't carry a gun with him. Uh, I think because they were trying to peacefully go to the sheriff, and that just makes the point that, hey, this is not a, uh, what was the word, occupation or whatever, a standoff or all these things they use. It was merely a sit-in. That was that was the intent. Literally, while they claimed that it was a standoff or, or a occupation, farmers could, ranchers could come to the uh, refuge and, and walk in peacefully and get a bowl of soup and sit down and talk about land rights. And okay, this was a sit-in for sure, and it was manipulated into a standoff. And I think Lavoie and others didn't have weapons with them, uh, and neither did Ammon Bundy, by the way, because they simply wanted to show that they were peaceful. And when Lavoie Finnicum, they tried to stop him the first time, he said he stopped a little bit, and then he said, you know what, I'm trying to get to the sheriff in this county uh, I think it was Graham County, Oregon, where there's a fair sheriff that'll that'll let me um, 
talk to him. We're just trying to get to the sheriff, and the government wouldn't even let him get to the sheriff. Well, what, what do you think would have happened if he had a gun and he stepped out and shot the police? Oh, then I think he just would have been shot, and everybody in the car would probably have been murdered, too. Hmm. I don't think that would have been a good idea yeah. at all. But it's Sheriff Glenn Palmer, yeah, just cool. so you know, who uh, is the county they were trying to go to. Uh, and I know Glenn well. I know Ammon Bundy well. Um, and I know these people well. And I'm telling you, they were peacefully trying to get to the sheriff so they could have a fair chance to discuss and talk about land rights and about these issues. But they were never given the chance. At least Lavoie wasn't. The other ones were hauled off to jail. Uh, and I believe it was a flat-out yeah. murder. Oh, I, yeah, they definitely made the boy become a martyr, for sure. Even, All right, anything uh, else, Kevin? in Oregon. Nope. All right, you want to respond to Kevin, uh, James? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it, it's a shame what happened, obviously, there with uh, with Finnecum. And I know, Sam, of course, you and Kurt tried to uh, give good advice, practical advice, sound reasoning uh, to uh, the crew that were up there, and it's a shame that it ended in, in this man's life, and I think that that certainly could have been avoided, but obviously, had he taken more aggressive actions, it would have only further harmed his family going on uh, indefinitely, so um, hard to say cut your losses when it ended in the loss of his life, but uh, if, if they had done anything more than what had already happened, I, I fear that the rest of the party would have been killed. It, it yeah, the government is the aggressor, and the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? And otherwise for his the government's the aggressor, and the proof is in the pudding. If you don't believe me, just ask Vicki Weaver and Lavoie Finnecum. They're both dead. Uh, and neither of them posed a threat that I can tell uh, to the government at all. In fact, who um, came to the party? And the answer is the government. All right. Trump's favorite news agency is suing Rachel Maddow for $10 million. Chris Walker with a piece, Kurt. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, um, I thought this would be kind of interesting to look at. I, I, uh, I hope that um, somehow justice will be done. But uh, I expect that this thing will just languish forever um, and uh, nothing will come of it. What do you think will happen? James? Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think Rachel Maddow is going to have to pay up anything. I mean, she's part of the in crowd. She's protected. She's the preferred Minority based upon her uh, supposed sexual orientation. So I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, explain again in a little more detail exactly why she was sued. I, I read the headline. So you've got uh, President, they say it's, uh, according to the HillReporter.com, one of President Trump's favorite news agencies, uh, they're suing Rachel Maddow and MSNBC and Comcast, that's all together, for what it's saying is defamation of their company after the progressive television host called out one of its journalists for being quote paid russian propaganda one american news network is who you know we're talking about uh, and they call it in this story a decidedly pro-trump organization sued maddow uh, for a july 22nd broadcast in which she suggested as much uh, maddow's commentary on that date episode real relied on a daily beast report which detailed how uh, one American now uh, reporter Christian 
Ruse, uh, also freelanced as a writer for the Russian state-sponsored news agency Sputnik. Uh, that's what the Associated Press reported. Ruse has reportedly written around 1,300 articles for that organization and Maddow in that July So here's the bottom line. Rachel Maddow went to the news and said One News Network is basically a propaganda site for the Russians and for Donald Trump. And this news organization, owned by a family out of California, basically says, what are you talking about? We have nothing to do with the Russians. And they're like, oh, there's a reporter that reported for you and for the Russian, Sputnik News. And they're saying, wait a minute, that has nothing to do with anything. The suit's on. All right, I'd like to, yeah, okay, I got a good handle on it. I'd like to say something about it. tight, we'll do it in seconds. Sam Bushman, Kirk Cosby, James Edwards, ThePoliticalCesspool.org. We're live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Breaking news is President Trump says he's naming Robert O'Brien. Replace John Bolton as National Security Advisor. O'Brien serving him well, he says, as the special presidential envoy for hostage affairs at the State Department. The president tweeting that he's worked long and hard with O'Brien and is sure that he'll do a great job as NSA. Saudi Arabia says it has material evidence to show that Iran was behind the attacks on major oil facilities in Saudi Arabia that knocked out oil production last weekend. South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says the U.S. needs to respond to that attack. I think the president needs to act now. He needs to act with partners in a fashion so the Iranians will not do this ever again. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is headed to Saudi Arabia for the next few days. And this is USA Radio News. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action. Not a loan company. Trump campaign chief Corey Lewandowski says the reason he did not answer the bulk of the House Judiciary Committee's questions at a hearing yesterday was that he wanted to follow a request from the White House that privileged conversations not be discussed. Now, New York Democrat Jerry Nadler, who chairs the committee, is threatening to hold Lewandowski in contempt of Congress. Lewandowski saying this morning, I believe that there are very many members on that committee who only care about making sure they're reelected and they can be as far left as possible so they can fend off those primary challenges. And I think Congressman Nadler is one of them in the Upper West Side of New York. He was speaking on Fox and Friends, the Democratic-controlled committee, investigating what it says is possible obstruction and abuse of power by President Trump. 
Federal Reserve policymakers are expected to announce a cut of a key interest rate when they wrap up a two-day policy meeting later today. And you're listening to USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, so One News, America's One News sued Rachel Maddow, 10 billion bucks. James Edwards has a handle on it. James? Okay, so we got the handle on that. And that thank you, Kirk, for providing a little extra detail. I knew she had been sued for something that someone didn't like. But, again, uh, sometimes you uh, understand a little bit more about things like this and how they work, having gone through it yourself. So people may be familiar with uh, a defamation lawsuit that I filed quite rightly uh, in uh, when the uh, – Detroit News, the major daily newspaper that services Detroit, Michigan, falsely wrote that I was the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, when it comes to defamation, I mean, obviously, people lie, the media lies incessantly. I mean, now up to and including calling the president on a daily basis a white supremacist or even a terrorist, that they call it, a terror leader, I've read in some of the biggest publications in the world. And they're alleging the president is dead. So you would say, you know, that, that's actionable, right? Well, no. Uh, there's a difference between rhetorical hyperbole and uh, actionable defamation uh, that would meet uh, the legal threshold of what constitutes libel. And uh, the quintessential definition is a member of the Ku Klux Klan. That is actually a quintessential definition. Words like racist and all these things, I mean, they're, they're interchangeable. They're used a lot. They're thrown around all the time. But, but something like that is actionable. And so we sued, and we were just routed in court, even though the law was clearly on our side. And so in the case of this with Rachel Maddow, and by the way, I love how the uh, press refers to her as a progressive. So if you are degenerate, if you're godless, if uh, – you're advocating for all of these things that are unhealthy, unnatural, and harmful. That makes you progressive in their eyes. And, of course, that's the word people would want to be. That's forward-thinking, forward-moving, right? I mean, that's a progressive. If you're not a progressive, what are you? You know, you're retarded. You want to move backwards. You know what's the matter with you. So I like how they try to use these words to make good evil and evil good, so on and so forth. But with regard to this lawsuit, I'm not so sure, again, and I gave a little context with my experience in this. I don't think that that's actionable to say that they are, you know, Russian mouthpieces. I don't know if that meets the the, the, uh, the threshold of a defamatory statement. And even if it does, as I've proven, that certainly doesn't guarantee you're going to win anyway. And uh, furthermore, I'm not so sure that that's a bad thing. I mean, to say that you're, you've done something that helped Russia is doing a lot of good things, frankly. They've got a much healthier society than we do. So I think ultimately it'd be much to do about nothing. I mean, there is, a, you know, obviously it's, just it's a, much to do about nothing. The question is, do you think they'll? When it comes to I think Rachel's going to be just fine. Do you think? Course, you think they'll get any money? Here's going to handle all that anyway. You think they'll get any money? No, I don't think. No, I think it'll be dismissed. What do you say, Kurt? A little later down in the HillReporter.com story about it, it says uh, one America is wholly owned, operated, and financed by the Herring family in San Diego. Uh, probably not the red herring family but anyway miller uh reported this uh they are as american as apple pie they're not paid by russia and have nothing to do with the russian government this is a false and malicious libel and they're going to answer for it in a court of law and i would just simply say 
Well, if they get the right court, the right jury, the right judge, maybe that'll be the case. But in the end, most of the time, the only guys that end up with the money are the judges and lawyers. Hey, man, Donald promised me. he was going to do something about this on the campaign trail, but I see nothing done. He had James Edwards he could have partnered, or partnered with. Now he has his favorite news service he could partner with, but Donald strangely seems silent. Well, Kurt is right about this, Sam, and you're right, too. I mean, he did say we're going to loosen the libel laws, which, you know, would, would certainly be a good thing. But uh, it, it is true. I mean, timing and circumstance mean so much. I mean, if you get a favorable venue, I mean, because basically judges on both sides of the order now, they don't base their rulings on what the law says they must. They basically just say, and I talk to a lot of lawyers, just say, yeah, judges will just, they, they'll just tell you if they trust you. you know, if you've earned their trust and they're just speaking freely, they'll just say, we base our opinions on our political bias, and we tell our clerks to go and find a law that'll back it up. So they rule based on on their uh, their preferences and opinions, and then try to find a law that will back up that opinion, rather well, than I believe... forming their opinion based upon the law. And if, if you know, it, obviously the people who have sued Maddow have a lot more standing in society than yours truly, so if they got a favorable court and, and a judge that agreed with them, maybe... You know, certainly they would have a better chance than, than me, but I, I think ultimately, ultimately it would open up a Pandora's box to where you could sue the media and win if that precedent is set and they have uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the current status quo has too much to lose if, if you're uh, right about that. Set well, a precedent that you can sue a major media entity like Maddow and NBC and win. So I think they're going to protect their. All right, James, we pray for you and your success because we believe that they have committed libel and slander and dishonesty against you. We believe they've also done it um, to this, in my opinion, One American News. They're a great group. I hope we get the truth somewhere, and I commend people like you for taking the issue on. It's important to do so. There's late-breaking news that i got to bounce off both of you. Uh, late-breaking news, John Bolton is, um, well, the pick for replacement, if you will. Donald Trump picks... Robert O'Brien as next national security advisor. You say, well, who the heck is Robert O'Brien? Do you know who he is? I was going to say, what do we know? I, I nominated Pat Buchanan. I guess Trump didn't get my tweet about that. But, yeah, who, I, mean, I guess we should know. But, I mean, what do we know about this guy? All right. This guy graduated from the University of Los Angeles in a, in a B.A., then he went to the University of California, Berkeley, a very liberal, liberal, liberal school to get his J.D. He's an American lawyer that's worked privately. With the United States government. He is currently now serving as the National Security Advisor. He's an ambassador with the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs. As well as a, as well as a partner at Larson O'Brien LLP in California. It's a boutique law firm. And... Um, I guess this guy's had a lot of government service. It talks about his early life. He was involved in the George W. Bush administration. Uh, the Trump administration, legal career, um, he's been involved in all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's been involved in presidential campaigns, etc. He was born in Los Angeles. Uh, he went to Cardinal Newman High School, I guess it is, uh, in Santa Rosa, California, so Northern California. And then uh, I guess he got a Bachelor of Arts degree, and he went to the, uh, let's see, what's this called? Bolt Hall School of Law and his Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of California. Now listen, he was a road Rotary Scholar. 
Um, anyway, he speaks fluent Afrikaans. Ah. And uh, in the George W. Bush administration, um, he was nominated by President George W. Bush on November 10th, 2005, and confirmed by the U.S. Senate as the U.S. alternate representative to the 60th session of the United Nations General Assembly that met in New York 2005-2006. In addition, he was a U.S. delegate, and he addressed the General Assembly on the question of Palestine, and he represented the United States in that assembly. Um, so he's been involved in the uh, international terrorism debate and discussions, and he also served as co-chairman of the United States Department of State Public-Private Partnership for Justice Reform in Afghanistan, launched in December 2007 by the Secretary of State, by Condoleezza Rice. He continued to serve there. Bottom line, as far as I can tell, this guy's a government insider for the George Bush days. He's an inside government hack, been so forever. And again, instead of finding somebody that's an uh, an outsider, he literally hires from within the swamp, as far as I can tell, uh, James Edwards. That was exactly, Sam, going to be my conclusion to this, not knowing anything more about O'Brien than what you just read. If um, you have to base an uninformed decision based upon what we already know to be true, it is that, uh, number one, Trump has never, with the exception of Jeff Sessions, and we know what happened to Sessions, really selected a guy that has backed up anything that he campaigned on. And it's basically just stocked his entire administration with retreads from the Bush administration, which this guy was, and otherwise people who have perpetuated the swamp uh, much more than you know, draining it. So if you had to bet and not knowing much about this guy, you would bet that he probably isn't going to do much for the good guys. Yeah, he's, this is interesting, by the way. Uh, They proposed him to be the secretary of the Navy under Donald Trump as well, but he was sworn in as a, quote, presidential envoy for hostage affairs in 2018 by Donald Trump. Now listen to this. They say the Orange County Register, very liberal newspaper, right? And the editorial board there endorsed. It seems like O'Brien. the Orange County Register. I've seen some pretty good stuff from them in the nah, past. That's a very liberal uh, but, paper. But anyway, okay. they have endorsed this guy to serve in this position, saying that he is an ideal candidate to ensure American global dominance continues. I don't know what that means, but I'm not comfortable with that either. When we get back, let Kurt respond. Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. 
or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's LibertyNewsRadio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. So this whacked out newspaper in California says, hey, this is great. This guy's perfect to help create United States global dominance, Kurt. You cool with that? Well, um, I'm not interested in global am dominance. Am I cool with uh, global dominance? Uh, not really. I mean, I just, I, I would prefer that we walked softly carried a big stick you know made sure we were um being you know right to our neighbors and you know treated people carefully uh i it just seemed like when i looked up the orange county register in the past i'd see some pretty good stories but there's some so many different news pieces i'd probably get that one mixed up with something else well and it might be that they have a lot of good stories but they might have a, a pretty liberal view on some of those stories but they still bring up the right topics better than most right maybe so i'm not possible. i'm not saying there's no good that they bring to the table i'm just saying hey when you're applauding somebody for making sure we maintain global dominance now it turns out that he's been involved in a bunch of presidential campaigns uh he's hung out a lot with your favorite guy mitt romney too kurt he was on the mitt romney campaign I saw that he was, uh, you know, at least uh, was Scott Walker picked him for. You yeah, know, that was after the uh, after the uh, know, Romney thing as well. But uh, you know, it just looks like um, you know he's more of a swamp monster to me. But you know, I I wish I were wrong. Amen to that. All right, I got a cool story that I want Kurt to grab. Kurt, it's in your email. I just sent it to you because it's late breaking. It comes from the American Family Association. If you want to grab that real quick here, uh, this is an example where I know the Patriots think we never win, but we do win when good people stand up. And I want to highlight another story of proof to this mix. The headline, while Kurt grabs the story, and then Kurt will give you the backstory. Arizona Supreme Court upholds religious freedom for Christian business owners. The mainstream press won't tell you this story at all, but here's the backstory, and this is tremendous news. With a good guy stand up, we do win on occasion, uh, James. Kurt? 
And it's coming to us, by the way, from our buddies at the American Family Association, and it's their action alert. Uh, it's a good source. Um, it says, uh, on Monday, the Arizona Supreme Court ruled against a Phoenix City ordinance that would have forced two Christian business owners to produce custom wedding invitations for a homosexual couple. According to The Hill, a legal battle started in 2016 when Joanna Duca and Brianna Koski, owners of Brush and Nib Studio, sued the city of Phoenix, arguing that the city's human relations ordinance violated their First Amendment rights to freedom of speech and religion. Specifically, the city law threatened them with up to six months in jail, 2500 bucks in fines, and three years of probation if they refused to make customized LGBTQ-themed wedding invitations. The two women, who designed handmade artwork for weddings and other events, reportedly hold the belief that a marriage should be between a man and a woman, and that creating invitations for LGBTQ couples would be akin to endorsing the marriage. The women were represented in court by the Alliance Defending Freedom, the same group that recently represented a Colorado baker who refused to make a wedding cake for an LGBTQ couple. The Arizona Supreme Court's 4-3 to three decision overturned multiple lower court decisions that ruled in favor of the LGBTQ community, saying the enduring strength of the First Amendment is that it allows people to speak their minds and express their beliefs without government interference. But here, the city effectively cuts off plaintiffs' right to express their beliefs about same-sex marriage by telling them what they can and cannot say. Sure, slowly but surely, the LGBT community, the article from the uh, from Tim Wildman and the American Family Association says, uh, and its government bullying partners are learning that Christian business owners do not have to relinquish their religious beliefs when they choose to do business with the general public. Uh, American Family Association applauds Joanna and Brianna for their faithfulness to the Word of God and their stand against hateful attacks from the LGBTQ community. We're also thankful for the work of Alliance Defending Freedom in protecting Christian business owners. Do you want to respond so, to this one, James? Stuff. Phenomenal news. No, this is good news, and, and, and you're right, Sam, about uh, the fact that we don't always lose. I think sometimes we even ourselves engage in a little rhetorical hyperbole. Uh, and then I want to thank Kurt for, for sharing in such great detail the, the good news there. Uh, of course, it is true if you look at the big picture. Uh, it's, uh, uh, un un Uh-oh, we'll try to get James back here. Anyway, I think it's phenomenal news from the Arizona Supreme Court. It's a great start. Kurt, uh, any other comments on this one on a personal nature? I'll grab James back. Very good. You know, uh, when you look at um, people like the American Family Association and the Alliance Defending Freedom, the guys that are, you know, doing the hard work there uh, to, you know, basically try to get some um, – 
I guess you could say to defend our side, you just got to be grateful that there are people that are willing to do that. Um, And it's another reason we hope for your support, ladies and gentlemen, simply because without this network, it may be that. Yeah, where are you going to hear about this stuff? Hear about this. Yes, sir. Good point. All right. James is back. Finish up, James, on this. We got a couple of quick stories before the end of the hour, sir. Yeah, sorry about that. My phone cut out for no apparent reason. But no, I was just saying, you know, thankfully, as Kurt just said, because of networks like this and programs like this, you get a chance to hear about it because all too often when we lose a court case or we lose uh, a battle in the culture war, the media with one voice shouts it from the rooftop and it's the biggest thing you could ever imagine. But when these the victories do manifest themselves, uh, they are obscured. They're minimized. So our defeats are magnified, our victories are minimized. That sort of, you know, uh, obscures a little bit the, um, you know, our, 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 our view of the whole thing. But in America, we are worse off than some parts of, uh, let's just say, the eastern front of Christendom in Eastern Europe, where they seem to be truly reviving some societies and nations of the pro-God, pro-family mold. Uh, but no, at the same time, every, every victory should be, uh, should be accounted as well. So this is good news, no doubt about it. All right, a quick couple of other stories before the end of the hour that I want to get to. Are Category 5 hurricanes the new normal? USA Today asks that question. I think it's a fair question. Uh, Let's get your take first, James. Are they the new normal, sir? Uh, You know, I don't know. I don't think so. There have been a couple uh, in recent years. Obviously, there was just the one Dorian that uh, was pretty pretty monstrous, that did a lot of damage here in the United States, but... You know, people are always talking about, you know, global warming and all of these new things that are happening as a result of so-called climate change. I'm skeptical to be sure you're talking about it's the hottest thing on, on record in some parts. But, you know, the summer of 1980 was hotter than the one we have now. There was, I think, the second, you know, maybe you go back to 1911, you know, so was global warming a factor in 1911 when it was one of the hottest Things like that. uh, Again, facts could be obscured and cherry-picked and and siphoned and funneled. My take is this. If we continue to violate the commandments of God as a people or a society, we can expect nothing but the whirlwinds, buddy. Well, there's truth to that, but that's a separate issue from what they're saying is called. Of course. Agreed 100%. Anyway, I find that interesting. Last story before the end of the hour. Las Vegas is apparently the most fun city in America. That's according to a new study from Wallet Hub. Sin City took the top spot in their rankings for the most fun cities. Las Vegas was followed up by Orlando, New York, Miami, and Chicago. You think those are the funnest cities in America, James? Well, I can understand Orlando being on the list because of the family theme parks. The others, though, it's a different kind of fun, I guess you could say. And uh, I guess, you know, I'm thinking, of course, the obvious connection when you mentioned Las Vegas being the most fun city. I guess Sodom and Gomorrah was pretty fun, too, while it lasted. Ouch. Kurt, do you want to chime in? <laughs> that was brutal. But Well, right and and you mentioned the Cat 5 uh, hurricane, and, you know, then you mentioned Las Vegas, and and I think uh, then you mentioned Sodom and Gomorrah. I did it on, on purpose, I, by the way. I'm yeah. thinking uh, maybe uh, Fire and Brimstone uh, could could be mentioned uh, at this time, and, uh, you know, people would be like, what's that coming from the heavens, you know? but Yeah. Anyway, I just, it all depends on how you want to define fun. And they define fun as gambling and drinking and carousing. Carousing and debauchery. I'm trying to be careful of my words here. 
<laughs> you know. Um, and all I can tell you is I completely look at it differently. To me, the most fun things relate to God, family, and country. And out of all those places, I don't see a lot of God, family, and country in any of it, personally. Uh, now, I, I get Disneyland might be in Orlando. Okay, I get that. And there's a lot of family fun. I go there. But I don't see a lot of these places places of fun. In fact, whenever I go to Las Vegas, I just cringe to even stay on the Strip if I have to for a, a an event that's business-related or something. Whenever I go through Vegas with my family, I usually drive a little bit further and go to Henderson or somewhere else so that I can stay at a non-casino hotel and live in normal society. Um, so all I'm telling you is it all depends on how you define fun. But I don't look at breaking the commandments as the as the ultimate fun. Uh, I look at God, family, and country as fun. I spend time with family at parks or at home playing games or go to uh, appropriate movies or an outdoor or an indoor activity with family, roller skating or ice skating or maybe miniature golf. Or uh, All I'm telling you is I look at fun completely different than these people. I look at fun having a lot to do with history, too, Southern history, American history, revolutionary war, you know, wars of uh, history of patriots and and. and leaders and role models and sports things of leaders and role models and religious things of leaders and role models, everything to do with God, family, country that has a historical nature I love. And so I just completely look at the uh, completely different than they do. What would be your funnest city, James? Well, I've had a lot of fun with my family in Orlando. So with the possible exception of Orlando, you know, taking the kids down there, seeing their eyes light up. Now I know Disney is owned and operated by the, uh, you know, by 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 the globalists as well, and they, it's not what it appears to be. But those theme parks still have some fun. Uh, but all the other cities that you mentioned certainly represent everything that is wrong about America. And I, right, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah might have been fun if you're into that kind of fun while it lasted. But I think when I look back on my life, Sam, and I'm beginning to get reflective, I'm approaching 40, and I know I've still got decades left in me, God willing. But I can already tell that when I look back on my life. The things that are going to mean the most, the things that I wish I could have more of, are those times sit at the, sitting at the table with, with the kids like we did this Sunday, playing Uno, you know, just playing Connect Four. You know, that is the kind of stuff that brings a tear to your eye even now to look back on, even though I'm still in the middle of my So I think the yeah, funnest that's place. That's fun to me, and that's the stuff that's eternal. The funnest place is where your family is. Do you have a funnest city, Kurt? Well, it's wherever... Our home is, is where the yeah, funnest city that's what I'm means. talking about. So for me, the funnest city resides in Utah. And I think anything historical has tremendous value. I think tying us to our roots and to our people, tying us to uh, our history. This is Constitution Week. Let's not forget that. Constitution Day was yesterday. I think tying us to our founding fathers, tying us to our religious and our moral and our patriotic heritage as Americans. I think tying uh, Southerners to their Southern roots is vital as well. And so I think they've got it all mixed up over there at Wallet Hub. So this is the Liberty Roundtable Live. Best place, funnest place to live is where your wife and children or spouse and children are. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States.